Hey guys, this is Lex with How to Digital Nomad. In this podcast, we're demystifying the world of becoming a digital nomad in 15 minutes. <laughs> we'll talk about everything from how to find remote work to travel hacks and how to build your tribe. So let's get into that. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to find remote work. Now, this is one of the most, if not the most, asked question uh, that I get on the topic of being a digital nomad. So today, we're going to talk about three ways you can go remote. So let's jump right in. The first way of going remote is probably the easiest one for most people, especially if you're already currently employed. And it is drumroll, please. I can't I can't say drum roll. Drum drum roll. Okay. Drum roll. It is to simply transform your current job into something remote. Yes. Now I know you're probably thinking, but how? And don't worry, I will show you. <laughs> and while, you know, this uh won't work for every single type of job, uh obviously if you're presence is physically required right so if you're doing a job where most of it is done using your computer i.e you're not doing physical labor then again your presence is probably not physically required so it means that already the main obstacle to going remote is already out of your way so even if you're in a job or a company where this isn't yet the norm frankly it doesn't hurt to ask and uh, in many cases, when things aren't done, it, it, it isn't simply because no one has presented a convincing case before. So basically, to get this uh, first method of going remote to work, you just need to ask in a way that can improve your chances of getting a yes. And luckily, I'm going to show you some ways to do that. So hang tight. So the first thing that you can do to improve your chances of getting a yes is to research. So you want to find examples of people doing what you do, but remotely. And this is really important to help you understand the process of what it's like and what it would mean in your particular con context. So for example, if you're responsible for contacting suppliers, then maybe you'll need a voice over IP or VoIP software, or you might want to propose an agreement where you only travel to places within two time zones of your company base. So the key here is really just to anticipate objections and prepare for them. Prepare a document for yourself going through all of the potential pushback you could get or things that might worry your employer and prepare well thought out solutions. And just like a little additional tip here is to also point out some potential uh, positives as well, right? Oftentimes you going remote is going to save the company money or it might allow you to expand your skill set in some way or the other. So this could be something that's good to mention here. The good thing about this tip doing research is that when it comes to preparing and finding well thought out solutions, researching means that you don't have to think up these solutions for yourself. They already exist. They're already being used by people doing exactly what you do, but remotely. So this is such a valuable tip. The next tip is to be clear on your value to the company. Now, you're negotiating something that isn't common. It's a little bit more common now, but it still isn't common. So you want to make sure that you understand your position. Is it highly skilled? Is it expensive to hire and train someone to replace you? And even if it isn't, it doesn't mean that you can't try this. 
but knowing this will inform you on the next step and and many other things in this journey the next step is to consider a pay cut now i know this is something that it, it doesn't sound like something you want to hear but if you are traveling and giving up your apartment and bills depending on where you are of course where you're based and where you're planning on traveling to but most likely your living costs will actually be lower at least my living costs were lower and many people I know it's it's the same. So offering to take a reasonable pay cut could be some additional incentive for your employer to agree to your request, especially if you don't feel like you have that much leverage otherwise. Now you can also propose a temporary pay cut while trying out being remote. So you can offer something like a pay cut for a year while you and your employer evaluate if the new solution works and so on. Now the last tip is to make it a small step. Now, if you're in sales or you have been, this one would be quite familiar to you, but it's simply that instead of proposing going remote so you can travel the world, sometimes it can ease your employer's fears by simply suggesting working from home or working from another city to start. So when you have your foot in the door, it's, it's way easier to negotiate and expand that into being fully location independent. So it might ease your employer's fears to know that you're in the country at least at first and that you can still come into the office in cases of emergencies. Now, the next method for going remote is to find a remote job. Is that it? I promise that I'm going to explain this. So this is the one most people think about when they hear the term digital nomad. And for good reason. Actually, if I did this episode a few years ago, this would be a tough sell because these jobs were so rare. But now, given the current global circumstances, um, it's actually easier than ever to find remote jobs in every field. This is important because previously these jobs were mostly limited to tech and related fields, but now you can find remote jobs for everything from teaching to admin uh, work like virtual assistants, consultation, marketing, writing, customer support, and not just tech support either, you know, and a lot more. And remember, you're not limited by country. So you have more chances and opportunities than ever with companies literally all over the world hiring uh, remote workers. So I, I think in this regard, it becomes really important to leverage, um, you know, leverage your skills. And, you know, if you if you speak another language, use this as leverage, right? Some companies are looking for customer service staff for specific languages or with a specific cultural background. So for example, some European companies need customer service staff that are native to the US, for example, for various reasons. Um, and that includes language, time zone, and so much more. Now, I didn't want to wrap up this point without giving some examples. So here are some good websites for looking for this type of work. So the first one is remote.com. Um, really good site. Then weworkremotely.com, FlexJobs, and also Indeed. Now, Indeed is a general, you know, work um, job hosting site, one of the biggest. I'm sure most of you already know it. But what I really want to stress here is that you can and should use filters to your advantage. So you want to try to filter by location um, as well as where, like type of job remote. Um, 
obviously. But here's a little tip. Try going on the localized Indeed site. So for example, the Italian site or the French site or whatever, and then filter jobs by remote and also whatever language you speak. So this, first of all, it allows you to compete on a much smaller scale. Number one, because you're in the localized version of the site. And there are a lot of companies that would post their jobs only on the localized version of a site, even when they are looking for someone uh, that's remote with remote opportunities. Um, and also something, so just to give an, an example, let's say you're Canadian, you also, you speak English and you speak French. You might go on the Spanish Indeed site or the German one or the Italian one and uh, filter by location remote, number one, because you're not based there and you want to work remotely. And then two, you might filter by languages, um, French or French and English or something like that. And what this will do, it'll pull up all the jobs where speaking that language is a requirement. And it might span different fields. There are a lot of companies that might need this, whether it's for customer care or for sales or for something else. Um, a lot of companies not just tech companies, but different types of companies. And this is a tip that I used myself with success. Um, so it really does work. But you want to do when job searching on a whole um, is really avoid wasting a lot of time and energy to something where you're, you know, you're competing against a huge pool of people, um, not just because there are so many other options and people that might be equally talented and things like that, but also just because eventually it gets overwhelming for recruiters and a little bit less attention is paid. So allow yourself opportunities to shine and to really maximize your unique skill set. We all have them. You might not speak an extra language, but you might be good at Photoshop. And there, you know, guaranteed there's going to be that customer care job or whatever virtual assistant job that's going to require someone with Photoshop skills or that might that might be an extra plus, right? Um, or you might be really good at Excel. So there might be that remote job that's looking for someone that's good with Excel, that's a native French speaker. You know, these are the things that really help you to find these little gems and this is what you want to exploit and take advantage of as much as possible. And uh, so also just to wrap this segment up, I am gonna include some other sites, some less well-known that uh, in the show notes of this episode, that are also great for finding amazing remote, remote jobs. So you can find them there. And now, drum roll, please. You see, I got that drum roll. Started properly this time. Drum roll, please. Okay, that wasn't the drum roll I was thinking about. But um, anyway, without further ado, the third and final method for finding a remote job that I'll cover is to simply create one. <laughs> now, this doesn't necessarily mean starting your own company. It can simply mean going freelance. And you can easily do this using any skill from your current job or simply expanding and learning a new marketable skill. And don't worry, like with all of the other points I've covered here, I'm going to go into a bit more detail and explain exactly how you can do this. So let's dive in. So when it comes to freelancing or expanding somehow on what you already do using your skills, I obviously like to give a few examples, right? So are you an administrative assistant? You might want to try using that and freelancing as a virtual assistant. Are you a writer? Expand your skill set and learn an in-demand skill like copywriting. In sales, there's affiliate marketing online. Are you a teacher? You can also teach virtually online as well. 
there the best part about this method is that you don't need to do a bunch of marketing to find your first clients because there are tons of marketplaces online and platforms that already exist that are looking for people that have these skills. There are a lot of platforms looking for virtual teachers online, um, affiliate marketplaces, copywriting, and so on. Furthermore, if you're not sure that you have the skill set, consider that there are people selling services like writing product descriptions or organizing digital files and doing research for blog posts online. So I'd say first step is to make a, a list of the skills that you have. Then browse through marketplaces like Fiverr to see how people are marketing and selling these skills. Another option is to create a course or sell learning resources, teaching people to do something that you already know. So sites like Skillshare or platforms like Learn World make this so incredibly easy. And like with everything I'm saying here, I'm going to include all of the links in the show notes and also on my website on the blog. So you can easily find all of the resources that I'm mentioning uh, in, this, in this section. Now, if you need to learn a new skill and you think, okay, maybe I don't want to monetize any of the skills that I currently have, you might want to consider sites like Udemy, Skillshare, edX, which is free, by the way. There are tons of sites that give you access to free information so that you can learn a new skill and begin to market yourself. And, you know, going freelance, it's a proven way to go remote. In fact, most of the other digital nomads that I've met on my travels are freelancing in some capacity. And many are making more money than they ever did with their regular job. As a matter of fact, some even switched from being salaried employees to on retainer freelance professionals for the very same companies that they previously worked with. And the great thing about freelance is that you can start part time until you build a client base or you get your salary to a point where it can support you on your travels. With that said, here are some great freelance marketplaces just to get you started with this journey. So the first site is Upwork, really popular freelance marketplace and for good reason. Um, there's also People Per Hour, another great site. And I want to take the time to mention Fiverr again. It is really great for getting your foot in the door and getting started. You can do smaller jobs to improve your skills and to find clients and build a portfolio. And it, it does give you the ability to scale and to increase your prices and offer premium services. Also, as with the previous point I covered, I will add some additional lesser known freelance marketplaces uh, in the show notes of today's episode. And also, last point here is to not overlook the value of reaching out through your network and starting your freelance journey with family and friends. Now, depending on your field, you can offer to do the first job at a reduced rate in exchange for referrals and so that you can build your portfolio. And on the plus side, with it being family and friends, they're often a little bit more patient um, as well. And you do have that sort of comfort there um, in communicating with the person. So it's it's usually a really, really good place to start. I highly suggest it um, if you can manage to do that. That brings us to the end of today's episode of How to Digital Nomad. Finding remote work can seem like something impossible and super mysterious, but like with most things, taking the first step is usually the thing that opens up the way. So if location-independent life is what you want, don't be afraid to go out and make it happen. 
the methods I've covered today are proven. There are millions of us now doing this and we're waiting for you on the other side. So just take the first step. That's it for me and see you on the next one. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll enjoy the next one even more. I'll be talking about how to tell if the nomad life is for you, the pros and the cons, but with a special guest. <laughs> so if you're enjoying this podcast and want more, please hit the follow button and rate the podcast five stars. It really helps me out. And if you have a topic that you'd like me to cover or you have some questions about today's episode, you can message me via my website, htdnpodcast.com. So that's how to digital nomad, htdnpodcast.com. I'll also link it in the show notes. Hope to hear from you and see you on the next one.